From the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Friday, September 23rd, 2016. Today's show is presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From design to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Get a free quote for your customized apparel right now by calling 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Send them an email, beantownathletics at gmail.com or visit their website, beantownathletics.com. And oh yeah, hockey season is right around the corner, so don't forget to bring in your skates to Beantown Athletics for a quick shopping in before the season begins. I would know this is the one and only place that I get my skate shopping each and every season. I'm looking forward to the hockey season beginning. It is right around the corner. So uh, I am recording this show today a little bit later than usual. I was out of town the last couple days, just got back today. Uh, So this is sort of a late afternoon, early evening podcast. I'm going to close it out as I usually do on Fridays with Picks Picks, a segment that we do every Friday. Five games in the NFL with the spread. Now... My record is 2-8, and eight. and I went 0-5 week one. I told you I would bounce back in week two. I, I guess I did a little bit just by picking up a couple wins, but baby steps. Bear with me. It's early in the season. There's a lot of question marks throughout the NFL season. We're learning more and more about each and every team. I do feel like, as of right now, heading into week three, I have a better grasp as to what the league is going to look like here the next six, seven, eight weeks than I did two or three weeks ago. You know, there's certain things that happen in the first couple weeks, and you learn some things about different teams, different players, and, well, sitting there every Sunday watching Red Zone, watching all these games, and, you know, looking at injuries, seeing the trends, looking at the standings, I I feel like I have a much better grasp, as all of us do, right? I'm not the only one. We all do. If you watch the NFL, you'll learn more and more week after week, and I have five games for you. I will close out the show with Picks Picks, five games With the spread, I'm going to take a look at all of week three in just a few minutes. But uh, week three has begun because we had a game last night, Thursday night football. The Patriots and the Texans. The Patriots, I shouldn't, should I say they crushed the Texans? I mean, they beat them 27 to nothing. It was at Gillette Stadium. Patriots win 27 nothing, if you haven't heard. They beat Houston. Uh, I guess if you just looked at the score, you might think crush. It wasn't really a beatdown, but it was sort of... Uh, it just it never felt like Houston really had a chance at the same time. I, I don't know how you would categorize this game, but here's what I'll say. What's so humorous is when you watch the post game and you see that everybody picked Houston to win, and uh, they're speechless. Everybody and their mother is speechless when the Patriots do that to Houston, but it's not... It's, it's not what they did. It's not the way they did it. It's who they did it with. The Patriots are 3-0. and 3-0 and to begin the season. Now, there were people calling into my weekend show on WEI. There are people running around the street telling me that the Patriots, even without Brady, they're going to go 4-0. and And I said, come on. It's not just without Brady. It's without Brady and Gronk. And I know Gronk was, what was he on the field, for 14 of their 64 snaps or something? Didn't even have a reception. They're, eased, they're easing him in with the hamstring. Uh, so I don't even know if you want to say he played last night. Did some blocking for him, was targeted once. It, it's, we should even say, Gronk hasn't even been playing. Ba- basically, that's what we'll say. Without Brady, without Gronk. I mean, I'm just, I wasn't buying in 
that when you when you lose two of the best players in the league who have the the most impact out of maybe any duo, you could make the argument in the history of sports. When you lose those guys, you don't just get better. And you certainly, in my opinion, weren't going to go undefeated in the four games without Tom Brady. I just didn't feel that way. And the people who felt that way, well, how do we, how do we categorize them? I know we say, well, people are sipping the Kool-Aid. I can't really use that because I sip the Kool-Aid. I think sipping the Kool-Aid is just a normal reaction to what we see with the Patriots, to what we see with Bill Belichick, and, and think that, all right, they're going to find a way to get it done. But at some point, you you just, they take hit after hit. You lose Brady with the Gate suspension. You got the injuries to Gronk. You got injuries and suspensions on defense. You know, no high tower. Uh, Ninkovich is, is hurt and suspended. You just, you lose Chandler Jones. You got all this shit going on. And it, it, to me, to, to believe that the Patriots would begin the season 3-0, possibly 4-0, it was just an unrealistic expectation. Okay? Unrealistic. Did you want to think maybe they go 2-1 and one in the first three? Okay, fine. I told it from the get-go, I thought they were going to lose in Arizona. I thought they'd beat Miami and beat Houston. Then Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. And you're looking at, again, not how they did it. It's not how the Patriots won this game last night. It, it, it's who they did it with. Jacoby Brissett, their quarterback. Rookie. Okay? Rookie. And it's very clear, at least the game plan early on, was not to put him in position where he had to make all the big throws. They didn't, in fact, they did the exact opposite. Brissett, 11 of 19, 103 yards passing. Uh, he did not throw any interceptions. He did not throw any touchdowns. LeGarrette Blunt, two touchdowns, 24 carries for 105 yards. Brissett, you know, he ran in a touchdown, right? He rushed the ball eight times for 48 yards. And you can't deny what the defense did. Obviously, a shutout. You can't deny what the punter did, Ryan Allen. It was like punt after punt after punt. You can't deny special teams. You know, the fumbles that Houston had and the Patriots are covering them and the players that made the plays are, what, Bolden forced to fumble on one of those punts and then I think it was Nate Ebner getting his head in there, getting that ball out. I mean, Patriots, special teams, punting, uh, you know, punt you know, punt coverage. We're talking about defense. We're talking about the run game. The third-string quarterback essentially is a rookie. The Patriots find a way to get it done. And when they find a way to get it done with this group, with this quarterback, okay, with 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 the players that are that are not there, it just it forces a lot a lot of people who don't believe in the next man up approach, the next man up philosophy, they're caught scratching their heads and they don't know what to think. Much like when you watch some of these post game shows where everybody and their mothers picking Houston, and they have to talk about then the Patriots beating Houston twenty seven to nothing right after the game. They don't know what to say. I watched the NFL. They go back. Michael Irvin. Uh, you, those guys, they didn't know what to say. And, of course, they praised the Patriots. You have to. You have to praise the Patriots. You have to praise Belichick. They put this team in position to win. I also think you have to look at the fact that they acquire the right talent. I mean, look, I, I'm not expecting Jacoby Brissett to go into that game last night on Thursday night to to light the world on fire. I'm not expecting that. I don't see how you should. 
I, I told you to stay away from it when I was on this podcast earlier in the week because I just, how many, how many times can somebody go down and the Patriots throw someone in and still win? At, at least at that position, the quarterback position. I was just unsure of how this one was going to look. I told you to be close. I told you the Patriots, because they're at home, because they have a nice defense, because you know they're focusing on some special team stuff, they would have a chance in this. But this was Houston, in reality, when you watch this game, Houston never had a chance to win this one last night. Never. The Texans didn't have a shot in hell. And what we're seeing right now out of the New England Patriots is something that, well, obviously Bill Belichick is going to get most of the praise. I think you got to praise some other people on the coaching staff as well. Um, but what I, I am going to, I, I'm going to basically throw out and, and tell people to maybe back up on the, all right, this team's going to be fine. This organization's going to be fine without Tom Brady. I just, I, I, I'm not going to go there. I do feel like maybe some people have have begun to think that way. That oh, you know, and, and they would think there was some people thinking that way in the first half against Miami last week, where Garoppolo's running around having a game for himself, making all the big throws once again for the second straight week. There were people saying, "Oh, you got to trade Tom Brady. Why would you do it?" I mean, you hear it every single day. I, I hear somebody or I read somebody tweet it. I, people are thinking it. Now I'm not. And maybe people see once again, all right, now they throw Brissett in. They say, well, it, you know, without Tom Brady, this organization's still going to have a chance to win, maybe more so than some of us thought a year or two ago when Tom Brady was obviously still playing. But, but Tom Brady's going to be back in week five. And when I look at this Patriots team right now, like I'm focused on right now. I am. I'm focused on right now. I think the Patriots are too, but they certainly would be, you know, I don't mean to dismiss talk of the future because the Patriots wouldn't be doing their job, especially Bill Belichick, if he didn't have some type of eye on the future, whether it's next year, the year after that, or the next five years. You got to be thinking about that. Okay. And the Patriots, they're always one step ahead of everybody else. So it seems, as you saw last night, Thursday night football, you would think that Bill Belichick has an idea what he wants to do with his quarterback situation in the next couple of years. You would think, right? Um, and I don't mean to just dismiss the conversation of, okay, it seems like Garoppolo can play. Obviously, dealing with the shoulder injury right now. When's he going to be back? I don't know. And Brissett's got an injury. Brissett injured the thumb. There's reports today that this is going to be bad and could keep him out next week against Buffalo. I, I don't know about that. I mean... Worst case scenario, you have Brissett, the quarterback, and they hand it off the whole time, and they just sort of, you know, who knows, put him in a cast and have him just run, run the option like he did. I, there's a way to figure that out without doing something dramatic at the quarterback position, right? Because Brady's back the following week. And if you told me that they were sort of going to sacrifice the game against the Bills, not that they would ever tell you they'd do that, but if that happened... They let's just say they forget about the word sacrifice. Let's say they lose to the Bills next week. Let's just say that happened. They're three and one. They'd be three and one. Tom Brady's back in week five. If you had told me before the season that they'd begin the season three and one without Brady, with Brady returning week five in Cleveland, I'd I'd be throwing a 
Patriots party for you right here in this studio. So I'm even if the Patriots lost last night and lost to the Bills and went two and two, I tell you, I'm just fine with where the Patriots are right now. I'm focused on right now. And so for all these people that want to get crazy and talk crazy about the quarterback position and Garoppolo and even Brissett, and where does Brady stand? Well, I think Brady stands as the quarterback of this organization for the next couple years at least. I do, even with the way Garoppolo played. Even with the fact that Bill Belichick has obviously shown uh, he can do certain things in certain games with certain matchups to give his team a chance to win and even give his team a chance, well, to go with the third-string quarterback, use special teams, use defense in their own building, and shut out a very good Houston Texans team, right? Shut them up, 27 nothing. The way I look at it is if Bill Belichick is showing he can take these quarterbacks, he can draft these players, he can put them in position to win, then I don't really, I guess I think of it the opposite way as some people. I don't feel the need to keep Garoppolo around. I don't feel the need to, to, to stick to Brissett as the future in, in three or four years. In fact, the way I look at it is this is just Bill Belichick confirming to himself that, hey, you know what? He's pretty good at taking quarterbacks. He's pretty good at not just taking them in the draft, but then taking them, putting them into certain situations, and helping them help the team win. To, to, to where I don't think he looks at it and says, well, I need Garoppolo or I need Brissett. He might like them. He might think they're nice players. He might know at this point that he can do certain things with those players to help him win. But he also knows what Tom Brady is. And I think what I'm hearing from some people is just, it's, it's humorous to think how quickly we forget just how good Tom Brady is, how great he is. He's... I mean, he's the greatest of all time. Is he not? If he's not the greatest, he's top two, top three. Okay? No, no less than that. So, let's not forget that. And let's not forget that Tom Brady is still pretty damn good and had pretty damn good numbers last year. And if the Patriots have been in, what, five straight AFC championships going for six with Tom Brady in the center? And let's not overreact to but two, quarter, two, excuse me, two games and five and a half quarters of Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that what it is? Five and a half? Five and a half? Yes. Almost six quarters. And Jacoby Brissett, okay, nice play. You know I like him based on what I told you he he could bring in the preseason. But that doesn't mean I'm sitting there telling you that they need to keep one or both of those guys and make a move to get Tom Brady out of here, especially now that they're showing they can win without him. Please, I'm just going to stop. Stop. I want Tom Brady as the Patriots quarterback. If you don't, then you're looking. You're just, you're looking for the argument. You're looking for like the controversial, you know, throw shit against the wall and hope someone disagrees with you and create a headline to get a, a click, a link, a listen. You you know you're doing that. I'm not going to sit here today just because the Patriots shut out Houston. I didn't think they were going to do that last night. I didn't think they'd do that last night. No way. I thought it would be close. I didn't think they'd go 27-0 on Houston last night with Jacoby Brissett. And I believe in the Patriot way as much, maybe not, maybe more than anybody else. And they did that last night? Holy shit. I mean, 
can you imagine what it's like to be another team in this division? Not only, and look, the Jets are one and one to be fair. Somebody else has won a game. The Dolphins are 0-2. The Bills are 0-2. But, I mean, even if you're the Jets, you got to be thinking to yourself, holy shit. Like, we can't catch a break. You know, our eyes wide open. You know, we're licking our chops. We're getting ready for this season. Brady's out four games. We're 1-1. We feel like, okay, pretty good start. Here are the Patriots. They don't just lose Brady. They lose Garoppolo. They don't have Gronk. They're 3-0? They went in Arizona and won. Then they beat Miami. Then they beat a, a good Houston team. They Wait, they shut them out? What the hell is going on? Can you imagine being one of those teams and what they're thinking watching this game last night? People are speechless around the league as to what Bill Belichick's doing. But again, I'm impressed with it. Okay? I am. But I'm, I'm not taking that impressed feeling, that emotion of being impressed, I'm not taking that, and creating a conversation about what you should now do with Tom Brady. Like, that is not a fucking conversation to me, all right? If you want to have that conversation, you can have it somewhere else, because I'm not going to have it with you. Do the Patriots have to maybe consider something? I guess at first they have to. They wouldn't be doing their job if they're not thinking of the future. But then, once they start to use their brains... They realize, um, oh yeah, it's Tom Brady back in week five. Here's what's going to happen. Brady's going to come back in week five. He's going to play like an absolute animal. And, you know, people are going to come back. Some of these nuts are going to come back down to earth. Okay? Some of these people that have just taken a trip to another planet for a few weeks with Garoppolo and now Brissett and Belichick can survive without Brady. I'm not saying he can't. What I am telling you is I'm not going to take a 3-0 and start based on how impressive it is and turn it into, all right, you can lose Brady and you can keep these two guys that you have as quarterback because the future's now. Like, I'm not going there. The Patriots have a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. They have a chance to win another Super Bowl next year, maybe even the year after that, with Tom Brady under center, all right? Not with anybody else. So it's great what the Patriots are doing. But the Tom Brady conversation, the only Tom Brady conversation I'm going to have with you is he's back in week five. And when he's back in week five, he's back for good. He is. You want to trade Garoppolo? Trade Garoppolo. Be my guest. You want to keep him around? Be my guest. But Tom Brady is the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. And that is not going to change. I'm sorry. It's not. In fact, I think if I'm Bill Belichick or... How I think Bill Belichick probably would see it is. Here's, look what I just did with these quarterbacks. Okay? I don't need to keep them. I can just draft someone else. I can move these guys for assets, for first-round picks. Look what Sam Bradford just got traded for. All right? I can make moves here. And even if I don't, say I let him go. I mean, I probably should get something for someone. But even if I don't, I'll take a quarterback in three years, and I will make him a winner. I think Belichick is sort of confirming that he can do that. He can do that while while not losing Tom Brady right now. I just, the conversation is somewhat just ridiculous. But people are having it. Uh, 
I, I'm not, though. Tom Brady's my guy. He's coming back week five. Patriots are 3-0. and They beat the Texans last night on Thursday Night Football. And, you know, they did it. You talk about all phases of the game. All phases of the game is right. And next week against Buffalo, hey, give the ball to, to LeGarrett Blunt and make them tackle him all game long. Brissett's injured now? How serious is that injury going to be? I don't know. The Patriots have the luxury now with the Thursday night game. They have a little extra time off. Maybe that thing can heal up. Uh, maybe they do bring a, in a veteran to be his backup just in case. Or, you know, it gets worse during the game. I don't know. But it's not going to be Peyton Manning. All right? It's not going to be Tim Tebow. That's another ridiculous conversation that I, I ranted about on Monday's podcast. Patriots, I told you in my column for the Boston Metro this week, are going to be just fine. Did I think they were going to win last night? Eh. I thought they had a chance if it could stay close, and I thought it would stay close with Brissett under center still. Did I think they were going to win 27 nothing? Did I think it was going to be like that? No. No. Because of what they're working with right now. But um, I, I still think even if they lost that game last night, I, I wouldn't be sitting there panicking. Because I know Brady's back in week five. And ultimately, big picture, that's all that matters. But for right now, you're doing things week by week, taking the matchups as they go, and you're trying to handle the situations. And the situation at hand is Jacoby Brissett now is also hurt. But could Garoppolo be back back for the next game? Maybe. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But um, pretty impressive what the Patriots are doing right now. 3-0 and to begin the season. And week three has begun with that one last night. Let's take a look at the rest of week three, shall we? The Denver Broncos in Cincinnati. These are one o'clock games on Sunday. Denver is in Cincinnati. Uh, The Broncos on the road here, three and a half point dogs in this one. Um, Then we are going to have Oakland going to Tennessee. The Raiders and the Titans, right now this is even. The spread is even. This is basically a pick em. Uh, This one in Tennessee. The Raiders go to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Then you got Arizona in Buffalo. The Bills are a four-point dog in this one right now. Uh, they are looking for their first. Bills are looking for their first win of the season. They are just, you know, the Bills right now, they're in a weird spot. They're in an awkward spot, right? I don't know what's going on in Buffalo, but it's not good. It's pretty ugly. They're at home, though, and they take on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals team just put up 40 last week, so that should be interesting. Baltimore is in Jacksonville. Uh, The Jaguars, one-point dogs in this one. Cleveland is in Miami. Miami, at home. What other team would they be playing for them to be a 10-point favorite? Dolphins, a 10-point favorite at home against the Cleveland Browns. The Giants at home against the Washington Redskins. Giants are four-point favorites in this one. You got Detroit going to Green Bay. The Packers are seven-point favorites in that game. Minnesota is in Carolina. Uh, The Panthers are a seven-point favorite. San Francisco, they are in. The 49ers are in Seattle. Uh, The 49ers and Seahawks, this one in Seattle. The Seahawks, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The Rams are in Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers, five-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Pittsburgh is in Philly. Uh, The Eagles, four-point dogs at home in this one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jets in Kansas City. Kansas City, a three-point favorite at home against the Jets. Chicago, this is the Sunday night game. Uh, Chicago 
in Dallas. The Cowboys, a seven-point favorite over the Bears in a Monday Night Football. Atlanta is in New Orleans. The Saints, a three-point favorite in this one over Atlanta. Uh, so that's what we the rest of Week 3 looks like. I will close out the show with my picks, five games with the spread. But uh, before I get to that, a couple things I need to touch upon here on this Friday podcast. Again, recording a little bit later than usual. So it may seem a little hectic, but yeah, today's been a hectic day. Uh, I just got back into town not too long ago, so, but but I, I've still been paying attention. I've still been watching, all right? I've still been paying attention, not just to the NFL, but also the Major League Baseball playoff race. And the Red Sox are rolling. Have won eight straight entering this weekend series in Tampa Bay. They have a weekend series in Tampa Bay. Then they play the Yankees. Uh, to begin next week, what, next Tuesday after having Monday off. The Sox are rolling. Again, eight straight wins entering this series this weekend. And in Baltimore, they beat Baltimore four straight games. They got some, the Red Sox got some serious pitching. And they got serious pitching from what it looks like to be the four starters in the playoffs if the playoffs begin today, right? Price, Porcello. If it begins today, I guess you're going with Buckholz based on what Pomeranz has done his previous two starts. Looks like maybe that that innings count is catching up to him. And, uh, you know, you got to give Buckholz credit. And another strong start again in this Baltimore series. And Eduardo Rodriguez bounced back nicely. Uh, Porcello, uh, complete game. David Price, and the bullpen's pitching well. I mean, you know, I think Price needs to eliminate that one bad inning when he lets up the, the home run, uh, the three-run home run the other night, last night. But... For the most part, the Red Sox got pitching, pitching, pitching. Uh, they got b- big hits, Ortiz, Hanley, Benatendi, Bradley Jr. Red Sox are rolling right now. And entering this weekend series uh, in Tampa Bay, the Red Sox are in first place, five and a half games ahead of the Blue Jays, seven games ahead of the Orioles. Toronto is at home against the Yankees this weekend. The Orioles are at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks this weekend. And if you look at the wild card standings in the American League, if the playoffs began right now, as I record this, Toronto would host the Detroit Tigers in the one-game wildcard playoffs. So Detroit, they are still alive. The Tigers entered their weekend series, winning four straight. Baltimore is a half game behind Detroit. Houston, a game and a half behind the Tigers. Seattle, two games out. The Yankees, three games out. The Royals, five and a half games out. So that's what... Uh, the wild card standings look like in the American League. I will keep my eye on the postseason race all weekend long. I'll be doing some Red Sox coverage on WEI this weekend on my weekend radio show. We'll do some Red Sox review and a preview in the game, doing Red Sox review. Uh, I'm not exactly sure my schedule just yet. I'm sort of all over the place getting back into town today, so I'm, I'm, I still have to go look and figure that out. But I am on the radio once again this weekend. We'll be doing plenty of Red Sox coverage there. Uh, but the Red Sox are rolling right now, so we'll keep our eye on that series in Tampa Bay. And an NBA storyline, before I give you my picks here, uh, Kevin Garnett, I'm just, this is just rolling in. Kevin Garnett is calling it quits officially. KG has officially retired now. This, this isn't really a shock. I mean, KG has sort of unofficially been retired, hasn't he? This is just him making it official. Uh, but certainly, Kevin Garnett, he has a special place in our hearts here in Boston because of the championship that he helped help this Celtics team win. And that was, look, that was an interesting 
Interesting time for the Boston Celtics because when you go back to that, what was it, the 2007 draft, Kevin Durant, Greg Oden, you know, going into that draft, the Celtics looked like they were flopping. You know, they were sitting Paul Pierce, you know, the ping pong balls. Were they going to fall their way or not? Uh, they ended up not falling the Celtics' way. And the Celtics didn't get Odin. They didn't get Durant. Though, some could say that maybe because the Celtics didn't get the, one of the top picks, and maybe they actually lucked out. Because if they took someone like Greg Odin, I mean, where would we be right now? What would this, what would have happened to someone like Paul Pierce? Because if you can recall that season that the Celtics were, it seemed like they were flopping and the ping pong ball didn't go their way. During that season, there was a story that Pierce was unhappy. He was thinking about, you know, he was possibly going to ask for a trade. If they didn't make some type of move and help this team, you know, bring somebody in and make him a contender during his time with the Celtics, Pierce was unhappy. And I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him. So when the Celtics got unlucky, I guess that's the word you're using when it comes to the ping pong balls, they ended up trading for Ray Allen. And then they make the move to trade for Kevin Garnett, or at least to get Kevin Garnett to accept the trade to the Celtics. Because KG had reportedly rejected a trade to the Celtics at first, and then once the Celtics made the move to get Ray Allen, KG said, you know what, that is the that is a place I want to go. We talk about a big three. We can win there with that core. And, and, and guess what? He came, and they won. And KG was as big a piece to that puzzle, that championship puzzle, as you could find uh, around any championship team, any team that's ever won a title. And um, it changed things. I think it also changed the way Paul Pierce's career went and the way we now look at Paul Pierce when it comes to what are you going to do with 34? Are you going to be that number going up? I mean, I would think so. I would think so. But if they don't make that move back in 07, um, oh, you're right, 07, going in 08, what, what happens? How is Paul Pierce portrayed? Does Paul Pierce demand a trade? Do you trade Paul Pierce out of town? Uh, how are we looking at him now, 10 years later, if that trade, if, if that is something that happened, right? So Kevin Garnett didn't just change things uh, for the Celtics organization when it comes to championships. He changed things maybe for the legacy of Paul Pierce here in this town. Honestly, he did. And what's funny about it is that Kevin Garnett probably would have never come to Boston if it wasn't for the Ray Allen trade. So you could look at the, you know, the Ray Allen trade on draft night and say, well, if the Celtics didn't go out and get Ray Allen, maybe that's the move, right? That, that sealed the deal on, on Paul Pierce's legacy with the Celtics team. A lot could have been different. A lot if, if, if these things didn't go down. And uh, Kevin Garnett, when he came to the Celtics, I loved it. And, uh, you know, we'll always remember him for that championship team. We'll rem- I'll remember him for before games, running down, underneath the basket, pounding his chest, yelling out to the crowd, getting fight up, sweating all over the place, right? Uh, KG was the man, and we wish him the best of luck. He is officially retiring from basketball, even though I think we all pretty much knew Kevin Garnett's career was over. But that's the news in the NBA. Kevin Garnett announces his retirement. And moving on and closing out the show and the week, as I do every Friday, it's time to give you my picks. Hit the music. 
Week number three, here are my picks. Picks, picks. I'm going to begin with the Cincinnati Bengals over the Denver Broncos. The Bengals, they open as a three-point favorite. They're now a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, This game is in Cincinnati. That seems to be the reason why they are the favorite in this one because Denver, I mean, let's face it, I, I did not expect the Trevor Simeon era to begin 2-0. But, well, numbers are numbers, facts are facts. The Denver Broncos are 2-0, and it is is how the Trevor Simeon era has begun. They go to Cincinnati against the Bengals team right now that, look, I'm not one of these people that believe Cincinnati is a championship contender. I don't even have them winning the division. But I think they're good enough where... At home, I think they get some home cooking. Finally, uh, I'm willing to put money on them in this game. As long as they can keep the Broncos' run game somewhat pedestrian. It's been tough for people to do. Nobody's been able to do it just yet. But if Cincinnati can do it, I think they can really affect what Denver does offensively. Cincinnati's got a good enough defense at home. They can, I think, keep this close. And, And I know... The three, the, now the three and a half. It could be a little dangerous picking Cincinnati if you think they're going to win a close one, but I'm still going to put my money with that home cooking on the Bengals to win this game and give Denver their first loss of the season. I'm going with Cincinnati minus three and a half over the Denver Broncos. Then I'm going with the Oakland Raiders. If the Raiders began this game uh, as a one-point dog, and they're on the road. They're in Tennessee. But now this is even. At least the website that I go off of, this thing is even. It's a pick. I'm I'm picking Oakland. Even if it was plus one, I obviously would still pick the Raiders because you're getting the point. But I would pick them to win this game in general because that's what it is. It's it's a pick. Now, I believe in the Oakland Raiders. If anyone believes in the Oakland Raiders, it is me. Uh, Oakland, though, I picked against them in week one. Then I picked them in week two, and they've hurt me both weeks. But I'm going to take them to win this game against Tennessee. I just think that this is the type of game where you look at two teams that have potential with young quarterbacks. Who's a contender? Who's a pretender? I think Oakland's a contender. At least a contender to get into the playoffs. Not win it all, but just to get in as a wild card team. I'm sticking to my guns in that one. And you have to win this game if basically you want to show me that you're that contender rather than a pretender. And again, not a contender for a championship. Don't mix my words up and and, and make them mean something they're not. I mean to get into the playoffs. I'm taking Oakland to win this one. I, they, they go into Tennessee. The Raiders win this game. It's even, so I'm taking Oakland straight up. Then, this is not something that, that I actually thought I would do, but I'm going to do it. The Buffalo Bills. They, things are awkward in Buffalo. They fire their offensive coordinator after an 0-2 start. Uh, But in reality, it's the Bills' defense that blew a 24-20 second-half lead in a loss to the Jets where they allowed 37 points. Now Arizona, Arizona comes to town. Arizona, as I told you early in the show, just put up 40 points on Tampa Bay. Pretty good Tampa Bay team, right? Uh, The Cardinals, though, I think they played that game somewhat embarrassed, getting beat the way they did uh, by the New England Patriots. Maybe not even the way, but just with what the Patriots had. Arizona's a better team, I think, than they played in that week one game. And, uh, well, they showed that putting up 40 against Tampa Bay. But I'm not telling you that the Bills, as a dog at home, are going to win this game. 
I am telling you that I think they could keep this one close and cover. It began at five and a half. Now it's four. The Bills are a four-point dog at home against the Arizona Cardinals. I tell you what, this could be a three-point game. This could be a three-point Arizona win. I think Arizona, their offense is somewhere in between what we saw against the Patriots and what we saw against Tampa Bay last week. And Buffalo's defense, I believe it has to be better than what it was blowing that second-half lead on Thursday night. They've had extra time to get ready for this game. I think Bills lose, but I think they lose by three, which means they cover the plus four. Doesn't matter how they do it at the end of the day. I'm taking the Bills plus four over the Arizona Cardinals. Then I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts. They are a three-point favorite uh, over the San Diego Chargers. I know in the list of games that I gave earlier, I didn't mention this game because on some sites, this spread, this game, you can't even pick it right now because there's, qu there's a question mark with Andrew Luck. He's been listed as questionable. What does that mean now, though, in 2016 with the NFL injury reports? Here's what I know. Andrew Luck was a full participant at practice. So I'm going as if Luck is going to play. Do we really think with the Indianapolis Colts, what are they, 0-2 here to begin the season? That Luck, if he's a full participant at practice, he's not going to play in the game on Sunday against the San Diego Chargers? I just, I mean, I just don't think that's realistic. So I think Luck is going to play. And uh, I think that the Indianapolis Colts are going to get their first win. Look, San Diego just whooped Jacksonville last week. But I'm sorry. I don't buy into San Diego, and I don't buy into Indy being so bad that they begin the season 0-3. I just don't see it. I think that, yeah, look, the, the Colts' losses have come to Detroit and Denver. I, I, I'm telling you right now, Andrew Luck, not only is he going to play, he's going to have a huge game, and the Colts win by more than three. Colts are a three-point favorite. I'm taking Indy to beat San Diego and to beat him by at least a touchdown. I'll take the Colts minus three. Then, finally, fifth and final pick, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game opened with the Buccaneers as a five-point favorite at home against the L.A. Rams. But now, when you look at it, it's five and a half. And the spread is five and a half. It's in Tampa Bay, as I mentioned. And I guess people looking at the Rams going, wow, they return to L.A., and they beat the Seahawks 9-3. You're going to give them a little bit more credit than this, Danny, don't you? Well, don't forget that the Rams, this is still a Rams team that got shut out in week one in San Francisco, 28-0. Um, the Buccaneers got crushed in Arizona, but they also went into Atlanta week one and grabbed a win. I'm going to say that Tampa Bay's loss to Arizona was mostly because Arizona was extremely hungry. It was in Arizona. I think that was bad time, bad place for Tampa Bay. And I don't think that the Rams are going to go into Tampa Bay and beat the Buccaneers. I just don't see it. I'll take the Buccaneers. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Might win by 10. Might win by more. Buccaneers, I'll take them over the Rams. Uh, ooh, I, look, they beat Seattle, but Seattle's banged up. Russell Wilson's banged up. The Seahawks, we have plenty of questions about the Seahawks. Maybe the Rams extra jacked up coming back to L.A. They go to Tampa Bay now. I'm sorry. I'm just taking Tampa Bay. Minus five and a half. Those are my picks. Let's go over them one more time. Cincinnati, minus three and a half. Oakland, even. Buffalo, 
plus four, Indianapolis minus three, and Tampa Bay minus five and a half. Picks, picks every Friday, five games with the spread. I'll be back here on Monday to break it all down and react to it. Um, and I'll also talk postseason baseball, the, the, at least the playoff race that we have unfolding right now in front of our eyes, September baseball. As we get into October, it's the best time of year with football and postseason baseball. NBA's right around the corner. NHL's right around the corner. you got the World Cup of Hockey right now, but as I told you, I'm not really into it. I'm, I haven't really been into the World Cup of Hockey. I'm sorry, I'm just not. Uh, there's, there's other stuff going on. Regular season games that are a little bit more meaningful to me than the World Cup of Hockey. Doesn't mean there haven't been exciting games. There have been still. I just, it, it's not something I'm going out of my way to watch. And I'm a hockey guy. And I'm still not going out of my way to watch the World Cup of Hockey. Uh, take that however you want it. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media, at Danny Picard. Get this show whenever you want it. DannyPicard.com. Also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. And uh, I'll be back on Monday. I'm on WEEI over the weekend. So make sure you check all of that out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you soon.